I am Nicole Vulcan, editor of The Source Weekly, bringing another edition of Ben Don't Break at ya. Today, my guest is Kevin Kraft. He's a musician, sound healer, and children's book author of OM. Kevin is the sounder and founder of Soundshala, a unique mindfulness curriculum combining music, breathwork, movement, and meditation to help achieve the mindful benefits of a sound yoga practice. This is evident in the soundscapes of voices, gongs, crystal, and Tibetan bowls, drums, and other instruments that help us relax and release deeply into balance. Stick around. Later in this podcast, Kevin is going to give us a sampling of what this sound experience is like. Um, So, you know, in the next 15 minutes or so, find yourself a nice place to sit down and we'll give you a great sample of, of this experience. So thanks so much for being here, Kevin. Thank you, Nicole. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what drew you to this work. Um, it was originally a, uh, a back injury back in 2005 that, um, that led me to yoga. Um, I had tried so many things, physical therapy. I even had those epidural shots in the back and nothing um, nothing was working. Um, and then someone gave me a Rodney Yee 20-minute uh, VHS back care um, yoga tape. And um, really within seven to 10 days, I felt incredibly better. And from that point, I knew, I'm like, wow, there, at least for my body type where I'm at, yoga will be a part of my life forever. Um, so it started with the physical, but that led me to yoga philosophy which led me into um, the music and the sounds surrounding yoga, um, which led me to a, a chanting concert. Um, and that, um, I'll never forget that day. There was something that happened, that something palpable, a sweetness in the air um, that I knew that I, would, I, I was meant to, to take sounds um, to people. So, Yeah, you've been really bringing this work to Bendites in Central Oregon a little bit more than um, than it has been in the past. Um, just really introducing a super beautiful component of um, of mindfulness. Um, I personally have gotten to experience it, and I thought it was incredible. Um, so props to you. Um, can you just describe for people and we're going to get that example later but just you know for those wondering what um what the experience of a sound bath is like and what its intent is Mm, yeah thank you for that question nicole um it's it's really first and foremost a, a very individual experience so um it's very difficult for me to say what will happen inside of you um except i have seen almost everything um, in the classes that I've offered over the last 15 to 18 years. Um, I've seen laughter. I've seen tears. I've seen anger. I've seen extreme bliss. Um, I've seen um, frustration. I've seen um, kind of a connection with something timeless, um, something along the lines of a, of a past life experience. Um, people have experienced future event foreboding um, it just um, in in if that's real, if that's imagination, what it's it's really not up to up to me to say, um, but the the energy and the vibrations of the music will interact with you with where you're at, um, not only on a physical level but on a mental, emotional, um, energetic level. So the the result of that is is this experience, um, and oftentimes this experience it leaves you with. With more questions than answers, um, because it's uh, it's it's um, 
it's tapping into new areas of space inside the body, mind, soul. Um, there are um, there are experiences that that are almost revealed by being exposed through sound, uh, and sometimes they can't even be answered with words. So, for those of us who are you know the the linear concrete thinkers i just want to know like what is it mm. if you're telling someone about what you do in an elevator how do you tell them about that oh gosh hopefully we get stuck in the elevator so <laughs> i can talk for a long time um no the best way is and this is really how i got into this is i was introduced to these gongs um and these gongs um, especially these symphonic gongs are incredibly powerful um, the gong is uh, part of a class of instrument called the idiophone. And the idiophone makes sounds onto itself. So the first strike against the gong is delivered by me, but then the subsequent strikes are delivered by itself. So the vibrations are creating vibrations that are creating vibrations that are creating vibrations. Um, the human mind doesn't like that very much. Um, it gets frustrated because it can't predict the sounds that will be coming next. So within a couple minutes, usually, the human brain from our very active beta wavelength state will begin to tire, slow down, a.k.a. release, let go, unwind. Um, so within a couple minutes, we're going from beta into alpha and then hopefully into theta. Um, that's the place where our body thinks it's going to be asleep a for the next 8 to 10 hours and kickstarts all the restorative features. So they say one hour of a sound bath is like three to four hours of deep sleep at night. Um, the best analogy that I've heard that, I, that really resonates with me is, well, me personally, I have a very overactive mind. Sometimes my mind controls me and I don't control my mind. Um, and I think a lot of people um, struggle with an overactive mind. So um, call life um, a projector um, or call it five or six projectors um, playing on this screen of our life, this canvas of our life experience. What a sound bath or what a gong bath does is slowly turn off one projector at a time. So you're left with maybe one screen or maybe nothing on that screen. Um, what is it when we are void of story or illusion or stress, anxiety, um, repetitive thought patterns that we know aren't serving us. So if we can declutter, relax, release, let go, what are we looking at? What is the authentic experience of, of who we are in that moment? Interesting. It's got me thinking about, because you said it's kind of um, similar to a few hours of sleep. Um, in your experience with people that you've worked with, have, have those who who experience uh, less sound sleep in the night had more profound results? I mean, maybe, I don't know if there's, if it's, if that's something you've even looked at or yeah, experienced. Um, definitely um, sound baths, gong baths um, are worth trying if you've experienced insomnia. Um, um, I do want to give a, a bit of a warning. Sometimes gong baths can be extremely energizing. Mm. Um, also, um, um, energy producing and sometimes that energy isn't always um, like when I say energetic a lot of people think oh that's great well sometimes you don't want a lot of energy if you want to sleep or if you want to be calm so sometimes it can be agitating um, disturbing it's not always a, a, a blissful experience um, but a lot of people that do have trouble sleeping 
um, are often able to reset their pattern through a gong bath. And there, I would say, um, if you have any issues with that, give it a shot. It's definitely um, a natural way to, to adjust your, your sleep patterns. Interesting. You said this is so such a personal and individual experience. I was just curious, what was the experience for you when you when you first, you know, experienced a sound bath? Mm. What do you, or what do you feel now when you have one? Well, the one of the reasons I've, I've I got into this was well, first I was a yoga teacher teaching yoga, and of course, so I'd ask people if they practice yoga. And time after time, time after time, I would get the same response. Do you practice yoga? No, I'm not flexible. No, I'm not flexible. No, mm. I'm not flexible. No, I'm not flexible. And I would hear this enough and go, wow, well, the only thing that's really not flexible is our mind, really, to have such a, a uniform response. So that, that really intrigued me to, to, to hear this answer again and again. Um, and also really a misunderstanding of of yoga uh, right. in the West versus um, in India. Um, and then when I developed a, a regular meditation practice, I would ask people, do you meditate? And the answer I would get would be, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. So it, was, it followed a really similar pattern to the, do you practice yoga? It went from, no, I'm not flexible to no, I can't. And not like, no, I've tried it and it's really challenging or um, it was just a flat out black and white. No, I can't. So here comes the gongs. Couple minutes, I am in the cosmos. I am, I am um, completely relaxed. All the stress, the anxiety that I felt had let go and I was millions of miles away. Um, and that's even in spite of you already being a yoga teacher and yeah. experiencing meditation and yoga and those things. Yeah, and I'm I, just because I teach yoga doesn't mean that I'm any different than anyone else. I, I still deal with a very overactive mind and and stress of, of life. Um, and but that I that's one reason I love sound so much is is it works so well for me and it's really accessible to so many people um, because it's void of dogma. You know, it's void of 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 language it's just down stripped down to the root of vibration and they have messages they have experiences they can interact with you without any sort of uh, of story or illusion so i feel it's a lot more accessible especially when a lot of us have triggers towards certain ways of opening up spiritually interesting because i wonder as the as the um, the knowledge around sound baths increases, let's say suddenly everyone sort of knows what they are, do you suppose that that will introduce a level of presupposition that people will say, "Oh, that doesn't work for me"? Mm. Well, I think in our in our society, it's like we we fall into these these um, suppositions or these pathways, um, be it neural or physical. It's like I either can do this or I can't do it. It's not like like there are a million styles of yoga and and within that there are a million teachers of each style um and, and the same thing with sound like i guarantee the sound bath that i offer is going to be a completely different experience than someone else try different teachers try different instruments try different experiences uh, i personally think it's really important to move the body before a sound bath so we do something called himalayan kriya yoga so fun it's tapping it's shaking it's high energy you don't have to have any yoga experience you don't need to be flexible but you do need to mix up the snow globe 
and you need to move that energy around so when you find stillness, the sounds have something to interact with. They're not so stuck to your, your pathways or your walls that, um, or the mind is, uh, is not open enough that they, it, doesn't, it doesn't register, it doesn't resonate, it doesn't, um, doesn't sink in. Got it. What happens when you are teaching or leading a sound bath experience? Are, are you able to enter some kind of beta, theta state during teaching? Um, great question. People ask me that. Um, I, I don't um, drop deep into theta. I know that. I de- it definitely affects me. Um, I, if I were to measure um, my brain waves, I would guess that I'm in the, the alpha, predominantly alpha wave state, the beginning of that meditative state. Um, but, but for me to be in theta, I would need to like not have to run a class. Like I even mm-hmm. I'm still um, playing music, conducting a class, and holding space, and so that keeps my my entity engaged enough to not have the the same experience that people are in class. Yeah, I I, I suppose that you can't be you can't fully let go hmm. when you're in in charge of other people. Yeah. And when I go to sound baths, not every time do I sink in, which uh, I can be a little hard on myself because I'm a I'm a, a facil- facilitator of this. Sometimes I will sink right in so quickly, and I will have um, truly a remarkable experience, and a, I would even call it a very healing experience. Other times, my mind is is just too strong, too overactive, um, and I I, I I say that um, just because our, we all know our how strong our minds are. We know we can't believe everything that we think. Or we, we all admit that, yet we still are affected emotionally, mentally, physically when a story plays in our mind, even if we know that isn't true. It still affects us. So uh, I, I say that because there are days when my mind is, is stronger than I am. Um, mm-hmm. But that's why I have all the tools and I practice what I practice to, to, to continue to show up and, and be balanced in the best possible way. Tell me about your collaborators. I know you have other folks you work with who also create experiences with you. Mm, ah, that, what a wonderful question. I love that. Um, um, where to begin with this? Um, it was really, I think, COVID. Um, it, this was definitely during COVID. It was um, towards the end of the year, and I, and I received a really clear message um, from the ethers and that it said, you're not supposed to do this alone. Um, and it was a really clear message. And I, I predominantly showed up as a, a solo facilitator. Um, and a lot of my experiences were solo-led. Um, so I got this really clear message. And it was a really interesting time with COVID and really all group classes in the, in the whole world being shut down. So it was this phenomenon of this desire to work with people and the space slowly opening up. And um, I just started reaching out to local musicians, other sound healers. And um, I think I figured out a, a really beautiful weave, if you will, that you know, so much music that's played, there are bands that play the same music that are rehearsing, that are you know, in the same key, and there's timing, there's rhythm, there's melody, right? Um, what what I've begun to introduce is is taking the gifts from other musicians and other sound healers and then doing a weave um, through an evening um, 
and you really brings in some amazing instruments, some amazing talent, and also amazing different energies, balancing male and female energies in the room, um, bringing different types of, of instruments together. Um, and the sound that, that I bring couples so well with breath work, with dance, with spoken word, poetry reading, mm-hmm. um, it, everything, it, it, it works. Um, we've started doing corporate wellness, working with the aging demographic. Um, like sound is, is energy. And when it's gently guided in a high intentional um, manner, anything can be developed um, because it is the container of sound in which the other things are then amplified and, and, um, and made more aware of. Cool. We are going to do a sample of Kevin's um, work, I suppose I can call it. Um, but I want to hear a little bit about the instruments first. Um, we have three instruments in the room with us. So tell us about what these are, Kevin. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, so I just brought three instruments today. Um, a typical class will have, um, I think it's almost 30 instruments. Um, so I'll have 10 times more instruments than a and a live class experience. But um, I brought um, the first one I'm going to play in this um, sample sound bath is a harmonium. Kind of looks like an accordion. It was um, it was invented in England, um, but never really took off there. Um, it, it was sent on the ships to India during the colonization, and it became one of the top um, chanting tools um, in India. Um, and it's predominantly used as a as a chanting device. Um, it's a great instrument for opening up the heart, for helping someone find a voice. Um, even if you just um, want to learn how to sing, it's a great one for, for holding your voice. Um, and you only have to play it with one hand, like whereas a piano needs two. So and I call it, you know, twice as easy. Um, that's a harmonium. Um, the next one I'll be playing is I have a, a small handheld gong. Um, each class, I, I have three gongs, and the two other ones are much bigger, but they're not in the studio with me right here. Um, this one's a handheld gong. Um, typically in a class, I will um, strike it and then wave it over you, um, and that does an amazing job of, of clearing energy. Um, almost imagine like a metallic sound cutting through um, your, um, your confusion or... Um, lacks lack of resonance. So that does a, a great job of just clearing energy and quieting the mind. Um, and then um, I have a Native American flute um, that I will um, be playing at the end, and that's really great for just elevating um, spirit and prayer. So we have essentially we have a heart opening with the harmonium. We have a, a full body and mind balancing with the gong. And then we have an elevation with the flute. So Kevin is going to condense basically like an hour long thing into five minutes. I am going to do my best, y'all, not to enter into any type of state that means I can't continue this podcast. (laughs) Um, But I'm looking forward to this. So let's let's do this. Podcast. 
if you have an opportunity to sit down or lay down, close your eyes, or maybe close the door if there's other people in your immediate environment. This is going to be a short five minutes, but we can completely shift our state. If you're seated, have a nice tall spine, keep your eyes closed. If you're lying down, open up your palms to the heavens and just receive.
That was really lovely. Thank you so much for that, Kevin. Mm, thank you. Um, one of the things that is striking me right now is that for those of you out there who do any editing of video or audio um, and you watch these waveforms that appear on the screen as you record, um, our voices are like really choppy when we're, you know, when we're talking. The waveforms appear like these little chunks. And with all of those instruments, particularly the first two, there was just this solid chunk of of sound wave. Um, that's just interesting to me. And you're you're really you, you're onto something. You see something there. And I I talk about this um, definitely with the harmonium and with the gong, like you mentioned. Um, our mind doesn't have any room to be in control. Um, because there is such consistent vibration filling all those gaps. It's in that space when we're not tethered that our mind um, will run its course. So this is why the harmonium and the gongs do such a good job of allowing the mind to quiet because they don't allow any space. They fill it with a very consistent vibration. So yeah, you pointed that right out. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel so fortunate. I get to see these these forms in visual evidence right here on the screen next to us. So um, that's just really cool. Mm. Um, anything else you want to share about wh what you just played, or um, you know, what that experience, what's going through your mind when you're playing that stuff? Um, yeah, there's this this one concept that I think is really important. I mean, a lot of people will meditate. And, um, and this is definitely a form of meditation. Um, but I've, um, if you've ever heard of heart math, they talk a lot about this as well. But um, meditation is like keeping your car, if, it, if you're using a vehicle reference, in neutral. You know, you're definitely not going backwards. Um, you're not um, in, in the realm of dis-ease or harm, but you're in neutral. When you add an intention or prayer or something, um, um, it high vibrational or of a of a, a sacred element we then take that car from neutral and we can move it into drive um, and that drive may be towards manifestation maybe towards an open heart maybe towards release but it's actually a mechanism to heal oneself and heal others or to to um to find that that place of balance so there's a lot of styles of meditation but one thing we bring into this class and this experience is that that positive element, either prayer or, or something sacred, um, in order to drive that meditation um, forward. Super cool. Um, we also have in the studio your book, Om. It's a book for kids. Let's pivot to that topic just yeah. for a moment. Um, tell us about this book. I'm super excited about it. It just just came out. Um, I self-published it, and um, that was quite the process. It's amazing how long it takes to birth something like this, from the the writing it, writing of it, the editing of it, um, the publication. But it's it's out, and now I am excited to um, combine it with my classes. So starting in November, I've got a couple of events planned with the Bendel Pine um, Library System. So we'll be com combining sound yoga storytelling using this book ohm um, and a sound bath for kids so um, all the sound baths i've done with kids is just really really mind-blowing so i'm excited to do that I'm excited to work with schools 
Um, I'm excited to see what this book does. It's um, it's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and um, it's available at my classes. And um, I'll be at the Bend Health Fair um, offering this as well. So I'm I'm uh, I'm really excited about it. Great. Where are some other places that people can experience your work? Um, I teach every Wednesday at the Hanai Center on the east side. Um, that's um, HanaiFoundation.org. Or you can go to my website, SoundShala, S-O-U-N-D-S-H-A-L-A.com um, for that. So every Wednesday from 6 to 7.30, you can experience a Himalayan Kriya yoga class and a sound bath. Um, and then the best way is to sign up for my monthly newsletter. Check the website because we're doing um, events. We're at the Bend Health Fair this weekend. We're at the uh, um, Cascade Equinox Festival coming up. We do um, retreats, trainings, corporate wellness, memory care. We work with children. Um, and we also do one-on-one um, coaching using sound as the foundation. Really cool. Before we go, I have just one more question for you. What do you hope for the world with this work? Mm, um, I really, um, and I know this is, this is personal from how I was raised and, and, and all of that, but there's, there's so much, um, opinion, um, judgment need to be right in the world we live in. Um, there's this, um, kind of unbalanced masculinity in both men and women that um the need to prove the need to show um um and so what i really hope in this class is, is to really create the container for people to experience anything they want um and that may be healing that may be creativity it could be anything but cr- providing a, a space for all of us to come together create community and work on the things that we're working on without the need to say you've got to do it this way um, or you've got to follow this path. Um, I think sound is um, the the vibration that, that holds all of the answers, and no one needs to be right or wrong in that space. So. That's beautiful. This has been a podcast with Kevin Kraft, and he gave you the website before, but if you want to check him out, it's at soundshala.com. Thank you so much for being with us, Kevin. Thank you, Nicole.